DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. You know, there was a time, kind of like 2008, 9, 10, when it seemed like the Jazz and the Lakers played once a week. Three playoff series will do that yeah. to you. But the Lakers slipped for quite a while. The Jazz traded Darren Williams and slipped for quite a while. And now the Lakers are back on top of the basketball world. And back from those halcyon days of 2008, 9, and 10, Larry the Laker checking in. Larry, good morning. How are you guys doing? We're doing all right. I mean, we're not on top of the world like you. But uh, <laughs> I have to say in a weird way, it is, it's good to hear your voice. I already regret saying that, having said it. But nonetheless, I blurted it out. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. It's it's not like, you know, the days that, there was a certain amount of uh, like give and take love hate relationship in those years. You used to call the time all sorts of fired up. Are you older and mellower now? Uh, well, I'm definitely older, that's for sure. You know, your little open there was exactly what I was thinking, DJ. I, it hit me when I was sitting here on a hold that I remember making the phone call the last time the Lakers won 10 years ago, which is bizarre to me. I mean, it's amazing how how time has flown and how everything has changed. But, um, yeah, I mean, I will say, though, I was a freaking wreck during the last couple rounds of these playoffs. I think it it was one, um, an outgrowth of everything that everybody went through to get to this point. And when it became pretty apparent that the Lakers were going to win, all I could do was watch the games and keep saying, please don't let us wake up tomorrow and find out that there were like 10 positive tests in the bubble and they're going to stop the playoffs with two games to go or something. I mean, it was just like all you wanted to do was get to the finish line and get it over with. Um, so when they lost on Friday night on that last second shot that didn't go in, I was the most miserable person to be around for like, you know, 48 hours waiting for that game on Sunday. And uh, I know the rest of the world, I'm sure the NBA hated the fact that it campaign was chilling, and it was it was the most pleasurable last hour of a basketball game I think I've ever watched. It was awesome. It sucked. It was the worst I've ever watched. <laughs> you know, uh, one of my best buddies uh, is uh, the play-by-play guy for the Lakers, and we always joke about that. John loves like a last, like his favorite game of the whole playoffs is when AD hit the three at the buzzer. You know, to be uh, to win the game against Denver. For me, no, no, give me that thirty-two point lead in the third quarter anytime, because now I can just start, you know, kicking back and enjoying, you know, breakaway dunks and everything else that comes with it. But I get it. Uh, for you, PK, um, you know, you need a little more excitement, a little more flair. So, uh, you know, and then, and of course, you know, an hour after it was over. You know, I sit down and start thinking about what the roster's going to look like whenever they come back next season and everything. So, you know, 17 down, now moving on to 18. So, uh, here we go. Oh, it was super geez. fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let me throw this at you. In terms of Laker legends, I got LeBron slightly below Eldon Campbell. <laughs> Boy, that's tough. Eldon, you know, he, he with the passion and the fire he played with, you know, I mean, uh, I, I thought you were going to put him in the same thing as, like, Mike Schmeck or something. But, uh, you know, LeBron... And, and the know, only reason why I have him above... Uh, the only reason why I've got him just slightly below Eldon is because Eldon played his high school ball in Inglewood. 
you know, I, you know, after two years of LeBron, it's the weirdest thing. He Laker fans have com- obviously completely embraced. If your dude comes here and brings a title, you're embraced. Um, I don't know if you heard yesterday, like it was on a, another uh, talk radio network, uh, Keyshawn Johnson, you know, the former football player and SC grad and everything, strong local guy. He actually went on there and said, you know, uh, LeBron won't be embraced as a true Laker legend unless he wins more than one, which I think is a, a bit unfair, especially at his age. Um, but LeBron goes about it in a very different way, certainly than like a Kobe did. Or, he's very, he's very like business-like, but almost in a boring way. And he doesn't. There are times when you watch LeBron, you're like, come on, you know, he'll go a whole first half of a playoff game and have three shot attempts. And, you know, you know, a couple free throws and five points. Now, he will have seven, eight assists, but he's like, he comes into games and he feels them out for a long period of time. And then there'll be a point where he shifts gears and does what he thinks he needs to do for them to win that night. But you watch him and sometimes you're yelling like, LeBron, take the shot. Quit throwing the ball away. Um, just a, he's just a different guy. I, my, my favorite guy in this team, and it doesn't take much to figure it out, is Anthony Davis. I mean, that guy proved so much to me. I mean, I think the last game, Sunday night was the opening example. I think he only finished with 15, 17 points, something like that. But he was so freaking dominant defensively during that game. Miami, they, they could not get below the free throw line to save their lives for anything. And I just love the way he can completely change a game and not have a 35-point night. Um, and that's why... Looking forward, this is so fun because AD is just now like entering his prime. So yeah, LeBron's only got what he's got two years up on his contract. He might extend for a year or two as he gets older, but he is not the long-term answer. But they do have a long-term, you know, a benchmark uh, to build after an AD. So when LeBron goes and that salary cap space comes up, with any luck at all, you'll be able to find another star uh, and. Certainly not Paul George, by the way, to put right alongside him. So uh. Nice! That was a good clipper shot. Larry, you've mellowed so much. Ten years ago, that clipper shot would have come in the first 90 seconds. That took like nine minutes. Come on, Larry. DJ, it's early in the morning here, DJ. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and the other thing is, you know, this is no, uh, you know, I'm one of the folks, my chosen industry of work uh, have been closed ever since COVID started. Well, I'm going on six months not going to work here. And, you know, it's got its benefits. I mean, but, and one of the benefits is I don't get up in the mornings if I don't have to. So, uh, <laughs> this is a special favor to you guys, you know. <laughs> but, uh, Okay, so um, I'm intrigued by this, and, and PK and I have discussed this at different times. Uh, yes, you got eight. is very good. I'm not arguing that. And and certainly he's younger and the and he's the future and all that. But there's a difference between being the second banana to LeBron and being excellent at it, and being the guy. Even if they bring in a second and third guy who pretty who are pretty good, and just as we compare LeBron to Jordan, let's compare AD to Pippen because both guys are excellent players. But that doesn't make you a champion. When the other guy's gone, and let's face it, it's L.A., once you got 17 championships, well, you only have 12, Minneapolis had five. But once you're this used to winning, <laughs> it's championship or bust for the Lakers. The Lakers don't get warm and fuzzy over a trip to a conference final. 
No, they do not. And uh, that's, you know, that's what we're going to see as time goes on. Um, the thing I was most impressed with with AD, I, I always think it's, by the way, it's harder, I believe, for a big guy to be the focus or be the controlling interest on the team because he's not bringing the ball up. He's not initiating the offense. You know, any big guy, AD or anybody else, needs a star guard or, or at least a wing who can initiate the offense and bring the things up and get it going. So uh, that's why I think this combination works so tremendously because you've got the dominant big guy. He calls himself a forward. He played at the center a lot. And then you've got the guy who handles the ball. AD, when LeBron is gone, the Lakers are going to have to get another dynamic uh, guard slash wing that initiates offense, that runs things. Um, because, you know, AD is never going to be the guy who brings the ball up, who controls tempo. So it's gonna, that's going to be interesting. It's going to be who they pair him with as time goes on. It might be a case where instead of having a LeBron, you know, one consummate superstar, you have a couple of really good guys. Uh, you know, like just slightly below that superstar tier, and you've got a three-headed monster or something. Um, and, you know, time will tell. I I can't even tell you. Going two, three years down the road, I have no idea what the free agent market is going to be. Uh, you know, I haven't even looked at it. But uh, it's going to be interesting. But at least there's, you know, if you would have talked to a Laker fan like three years ago or whatever when they were, you know, vying for the draft lottery and everything, I wouldn't even think we'd be having this conversation about who we're going to replace somebody on the championship team. So it's pretty it's pretty exciting, I will say. And the city is, like, completely jacked for this one. I mean, um, I know that there's a lot of talk all over the country about NBA ratings are down. This and that. I get that, although all sports ratings are down. But, uh, you know, in L.A., it was a big deal. It was a huge deal the other night. And, uh, you know, it, it felt pretty much as... It felt as exciting as any of the titles I remember going all the way back to the Showtime era. Okay, that's what I was going to ask Laker fans. Rank this one compared to Kobe, Shaq, and Magic and those guys. Well, the, the greatest one for me will always be Showtime when they finally beat the Boston Celtics and they beat them in the Boston Garden. That was, you know, um, that was just the ultimate, you know, because that was your most bitterly hated rival, and you got to punk them in front of their own obnoxious fans. It was awesome. Um, Kobe Shaq was great. It was awesome, and especially the three-peat, but now I'm going to sound like the world's most arrogant Laker fan. I'll get back on here, DJ. I mean, after a while, Kobe Shaq became business as usual. I mean, uh, the first Kobe Shaq, which goes back to the uh, conference finals, the famous Kobe lob to Shaq in the last end of the game, that one was the most exciting of all of them because that was when they finally broke through and got it. Um, and then, you know, it's funny, everybody forgets. They were even talking about this on the game the other night on the network. They mentioned all the pairings, you know, Kobe Shaq and Magic Curry, and everybody forgets about Kobe Powell, even though they won back-to-back titles, you know. Um, but again, Kobe Powell was almost an extension of Kobe Shaq. You know, yeah. just kind of rolled through. So I think because this was 10 years in the making, and I believe, believe me, there were times when, you know, Lonzo was drafted and proved he really couldn't play and everything. There were times when a lot of us thought, well, maybe we've seen our last Lakers title or last in my lifetime, you know. Um, so this was right up there, probably to me, second to that one. And, of course, there's the biggest factor hanging, or I haven't mentioned it all morning. The Kobe thing was a big thing this year. 
and it was still felt very strongly the other night when they closed it out. Um, you know, Laker fans will never get over what happened, but it made people have almost a sense of enclosure with it a little bit last night, when uh, last Sunday night, I'm sorry, when they could close this out. So are you going to back it up with the Dodger title and just be totally insufferable, or is that Dodger bullpen going to uh, going to get them knocked out? You know, DJ, I don't even think it's the Dodger bullpen. I think it's the Dodger chokeism. Um, I, I, you know, as a, as a young lad here in LA, the first team I loved and watched every game of was the Dodgers. They were my first. You know, my dad was a baseball guy, so basketball came along for me a little later. But there is something about this collection of Dodger players, and I mean the guys who were homegrown, you know, the the uh, Bellingers, the Seekers, the, you know, they, they've proven over, what, the last four years? They don't hit in the postseason. They just don't. Um, they're not, and I was watching that game last night, and believe me, after going to the Lakers, I was very chill watching that Dodger game last night, but when it was one-to-one, the seventh, the eighth, all I did as a Dodger fan was sit and wait for something to go wrong, because you know it's going to. And it's, you know, so, so, so let's see. They, and sometimes when I get like this, when I kind of get to this whole melancholy write-it-off, that's when the team wins. But I will also say, and I'm usually not the, this guy, but the fact that baseball only played 60 games. I mean, the NBA all played 72 of their regular scheduled games. And then they did the bubble thing. I don't. I think it's really a reach to say the NBA title or the playoffs in any way were jaded because those guys put in the work. And the, you know, when the season was halted, the Lakers had a six-game lead in the Pacific in the Western Conference. I'm sorry, so their seeding wasn't going to change. The NBA got it done, but baseball, man, 60 games of what would be 162. I mean, that's a, that's barely more than a third of what a season would have been, and. Look what happens in those other hundred games, you know, injuries. and It's just going to, yeah, the champ's going to go through the playoffs and win. But if after 32 years or whatever, if the Dodgers are finally going to win, I'd like to see them win in a real season, personally. That's just, you know, we will right. turn it down if it happens. I got one more question for you, Larry, before I hope not to speak to you for another 10 years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jerry West. He'll go down as a Laker. Magic will go down as a Laker. I think even Abdul will go down as a Laker. Shaq goes down as a Laker. Powell goes down as a Laker. Kobe goes down as a Laker. What does LeBron go down as? You know, if, if he somehow, if they win another one, then he's very firmly. And I don't think in history, I mean, but, but Laker, Laker Nation, whatever you want to call it, will accept him as theirs if that happens. Yeah. Yeah, they're always going to love what he gave us. But, but he's I not a Laker. Well, I, a, I think of him he's as, not a Laker. I think of him as a Cavalier. Exactly. And the reason I – well, because he did something that had well, – he won Cleveland their own title in, what, 100 years? I even lose track. But right. what he did for that – yeah, no, and I have no problem. I mean, I, I believe that fully. That's – that's what, and that's why I think this team going forward, you know, AD is going to sign that long-term extension this offseason, and let's say AD wins two, three more over in the next decade, he has far more a chance of going down as a legendary Laker. Yes, he does. You know? so we'll I agree, if it comes to that. I view LeBron as a one-man Death Star. 
roaming the galaxies <laughs> of the universe, bringing destruction and championships and near championships wherever he goes in the universe. Yeah, it's, I got to say, man, he's an amazing guy. He really is. You know, maybe part of it I was thinking is, you know, his game at times, LeBron, is not pretty, not artistic. It's lower the shoulder and go into four guys kind of thing, you know. Um, maybe that's some of it, whereas Michael and Kobe and some of the guys in Magic, you know, were spectacular and artistic to watch. LeBron's more like a, a completely out-of-control freight train who's got unbelievable skills all the way around. I don't know. He's just, he's just a different cat to watch, that's for sure, especially when you see him night in, night out. But you cannot diminish in any way his greatness. It's, what he's accomplished is unbelievable. So, If he were any two players in NBA history, he's Stockton and Malone in the same frame. That is a great analogy. That really is. I like DJ. That's, I'll use that with some of my friends here. Look, you're uh, smarter than I am. He's Mark Price and Larry Nance. <laughs> 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 it's Cleveland, my man. Cleveland. He's a Northeast Ohio guy. His jersey won't even be retired by the Lakers. Yeah, it will be. He, he. Oh no, it won't. If he's a Laker, then Jordan was a Washington, whatever they're called, well, the Washington basketball win, okay. team. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. They did win. I, 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 you know, let's see what. As we all saw this year, this this narrative that he's getting old and maybe lo- is, is is just ridiculous. It's not true. I mean, he's, yeah, Father Time is marching on, but even you got to look at it this way. I think LeBron's got probably at least two more seasons of playing it as the best player in the league or right there with it level, and then there's going to be the couple, three, four years if he wants to, of the drop off years where he's still really good and on a given night can drop 35 or 40 on you. But night in, night out, you know, he needs days off and stuff. So he's got some years ahead of him. It, a lot of these guys this year, especially the Nat. Oh, by the way, how bad did the national guys screw this up all year? We, as Laker fans, they played a compilation on, on the local station here yesterday of all the ESPN and basketball pundits over the last 12 months picking the Clippers and picking the Bucks and everything. It was comical, all these guys. You know, you name the name, pretty much they were in there. I mean, I, I don't know. I've never seen a team that was one that, that was as versatile as this Laker team was. I mean, look at the playoffs. The first round, they dominate Portland with their size. The second round against uh, Houston, they don't even play their two centers. They just sit up on the bench, full series, and play with a guard lineup and dominate them. Then they have to play big again against Jokic because he's great, but they do it. And then against the Heat in the end, they play Dwight a little bit. And in the end, they just start Alex Caruso because they can. I mean, that's a, they're pretty deep and pretty good. An all-time so I, team. I probably, they're, they're pretty great, i got to say. <laughs> well, Larry, and I've enjoyed it. It's good to hear from you, Larry, even if it isn't as contentious as it was back in the day, which, honestly, I really it's patronizing. Enjoyed. It's even worse. I know. I know. <laughs> well, you know, believe me, I'm as smug and as happy as always. You know, it's just, uh, it, it was a bit of an ordeal. <laughs> so, well, uh, here it is. It's over, you know. Larry, I think I speak for a lot of Jazz fans when I say we can't wait to see who the Lakers uh, tamper with next and win their next dirty title with. 
I cannot wait either. It's going to be a ball. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Larry. Back back <laughs> to right, the back to the basement and Ma's meatloaf, okay? Oh, absolutely. The bed is where I'm going again. <laughs> I got nothing else going. <laughs> Thanks, Larry. All right, guys. Bye, Julie.